Hello, you are listening to Philip Mollica's Consciousness Evolution. Our home is at philipmollica.substack.com. Please subscribe to receive new columns and audios directly to your inbox. We offer free subscriptions or you may support us with a paid account. At this point, all content is freely available to all, but we definitely always appreciate the financial support if you see the value in our offerings. Also, please give us a like if you enjoy the content, and comments and questions are always welcome and appreciated. These audios are also available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This column is entitled, The Man Behind the Curtain, Part 2. Understanding Our Subjective Awareness, Space-Time. I'll begin Part 2 of this exploration with another story from my childhood that exemplifies the impermanence of our perception. I was probably about 13 or 14 years old. It was winter, and the neighborhood boys, about six of us, decided to play some ice hockey. We bundled up, grabbed our skates, sticks, and shovels, and headed down to the vast swamp at the bottom of our neighborhood. We cleared the ice and proceeded to begin playing. This process took quite some time. We were playing for about half an hour or so when one of the better skaters made a move towards my goal. I attempted to skate backwards to defend, but I was never much of a skater. I fell backwards and dinged my head on the ice. What happened next was very disorienting. My eyes were only closed a moment. I was told later that I literally had been down for five or ten seconds. But in that time, I experienced the whole of what had transpired the previous two hours, as if it were a dream. The walk down to the swamp, the ice clearing, the plain, I was dreaming all of it, and in what appeared to me to be the same passage of time, a long dream of the whole of those events. And when my eyes opened, it was as if I was awakening from that dream of everything that had occurred previously, like hours had passed, like I had been out for hours. Interestingly enough, I had no objective memory of the previous hours. All that remained was my dream memory. When I finally made my way home and related the story to my family, I was told that I had likely suffered a concussion I had no other ill effects and life went on, but I never forgot that experience that showed me that everything is not necessarily as it seems. It wasn't until decades later that I learned from Jane Roberts Seth that our subjective, non-physical experience is what is real. Physical waking life is the reflection of events and processes, the imagery of that which occurs in our subjective and all out of time in our terms. And that one of the brain's main functions is to take these subjective developments that we decide to manifest physically and place them within a time sequence that is in line with our waking objective consciousness so that they make sense to us 
so that they appear to adhere to our cause and effect sense of physical reality. It makes sense then that our brains, part of our physical body consciousness, and being of the same space-time coordinates as the rest of our physical world, made up of earth bits and parts, atoms and molecules, would have the job of ordering events that emerge from our subjective awareness, where they have no equivalent space and time reality. Some portion of our physical consciousness would have to be in charge of such order, or we would be utterly confused and could not operate efficiently within this physical time-space-based environment. All of our reality emerges from our subjective awareness, and we choose which portions of that we manifest physically. Think about early man on Earth. We only knew our subjective, out-of-time, non-physical experience. That was when that then when that was stripped from us by choice, we basically had no idea how to navigate within a physical environment that was time-based. How would one remain safe from a predator, a tiger perhaps, if we could not place the tiger and ourselves within a specific time-space coordinate? If we were viewing a past or future version of ourselves and or our tiger, we would be unable to adequately operate in such a way as to ensure our continued well-being. Some portion of our physical apparatus was needed to allow us precise, razor-sharp functioning as physical beings within our time-space environment. Otherwise, we would be falling prey to a tiger that we never saw or were aware of. How would we do anything if we could not precisely act in relation to our bodies and our environment? Now at this point, we only know ourselves as physical beings and we take for granted this precise functioning. We have become so practiced at this function that we no longer even remember our heritage as non-physical beings outside of space-time. Now, as we are undertaking the remembrance as part of our shift in consciousness, we are once again becoming more aware of our true nature as non-physical, energetic, subjective beings having a physical experience. We are beginning to reacquaint ourselves with an understanding that we are physically focused, but that many, many other types of realities exist simultaneously to this one, and that we have the ability to, to, to traverse those realities at will, even from our physical manifestation that we call our life. Understanding this will be of great importance as we wish to begin considering that which exists in other dimensions, in other states of consciousness, in other realms of existence that share our physical space that we claim as our own, yet share with others that we currently have no perception of. The Grateful Dead sang about the long, strange trip. Over the coming decades, 
Our perception and how we regard ourselves will undergo changes that will make what we have experienced thus far seem absolutely tame by comparison. Everything is going to take on dimensions of the fullness of our expressions as essence. We may want to begin considering and reacquainting ourselves with our true natures and the nature of this physical reality as it relates to our broader awareness, understanding our subjective awareness and states is a great place to begin. In part three, we will continue exploring some of these concepts. You are listening to Philip Mollick's Consciousness Evolution. Thanks for listening. See you next time.